The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby. Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, February 7th, 2024, <laughs> Season 9, Episode number 111-111. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Brian is at the Super Bowl today, but we got the rest of the crew here. Uh, we're going to talk about some coordinators today. It's a lot of stuff moving there, not only with the Cowboys, uh, but also in the division. Some Cowboy names, some players, I mean some people who have been coordinators for the Cowboys now moving to other places. We'll talk about how that affects the Cowboys. And uh, and then in, in a later part of the show, we will get into our conversation on Dak Prescott. I've been promising for two weeks that we were going to do that. <laughs> so we never got the today, chance. Today, so my today. guess is we're going to get there today. If we don't, then we'll push it to next week. That's the beauty of this thing is it keeps going week after week, and we appreciate you guys being a part of it. We may also get some calls in the final segment. So if you do, you might want to get queued up number 888 Two two nine seven is that right? Eight five five, Chris, producer, our number five five eight five five two two nine seven. There we go. Eight 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 five five two two nine seven. I haven't said that on the air a lot lately, so I got a little confused. Eight 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 five five two two nine seven is the number. You can call us, and you can get queued up. And uh, in the final segment, maybe we'll throw you in uh, in the mix, and you can ask our panel some questions. Let's start first with uh, defensive coordinator here in Dallas, Dan Quinn. He's off. He has been hired by the Washington Commanders. First, just kind of give me your general thoughts. When you heard that, that he was taking the job, that they offered the job, he was taking the job, and he was moving on, what were your first thoughts? Um, I mean, I think that in looking at it, as soon as it happened, and, and I wrote it in a piece for the .com, is that there was going to be a potentially massive fallout from that because you have a lot of relationships on that side of the ball um, between Dan Quinn and his assistant coaching staff, Joe Witt being one of them, Al Harris being another one of those guys. Um, so you then had to wonder with the departure of Dan Quinn, who else might depart? Uh, and I know the Cowboys had interest in, you know, interviewing Joe Witt for the defensive coordinator position. Um, some of the players like Trevon Diggs had interest in the team interviewing Al Harris for the position. I'm told they hadn't, though. D- defensive line coach Aiden Durday, who's also been getting interest from around the league most recently, the Seattle Seahawks for their D.C. position. So you just had to wonder what was that overhaul going to look like in the post-Dan Quinn era. And now that we know Joe Witt is going to go join him, so take him out of the, the running for this. And now it seems more... Um, more possible than ever that this is going to be an outside hire. So it likely being an outside hire, now that defensive coaching staff beneath D.C., probably looking at a massive, massive shakeup. Uh, And it, it provides some sense of concern with me in the aspect of, you're Mike McCarthy. You're going into what can be des- described as a prove-it season. Uh, and now you're going to have this massive overhaul on the defensive side of the ball. You're not going to have a lot of time for your new coordinator to come in, put their installs in, get their, their players in from free agency in the draft that they you know convinced the Cowboys to sign, and re-sign some of these guys that are in the building, get your installs done, and then get these guys operating at fever pitch as quickly as possible. Can I challenge you real quick? Yeah, please do. I don't know that I feel like there will be a even if there's a massive overhaul of the staff on the defensive side of the ball i don't think they're going to come in here with the expectation that they're going to change out the players i think there may be one two maybe three positions uh that that will be different i think by and large this defense is this defense because they got a ton of talent i don't think this is going to be a project where they get to come in here and say okay i want this guy i want this guy i want this guy go get him for me i see what you're saying and here's where i would counter that contractually some of these guys are coming up for free agency, for example. And you have rotational guys like Neville Gallimore. He's up for free agency. He was an impact rotational guy. But if a new defensive coordinator comes in, does he view Neville Gallimore as Dan Quinn viewed Neville Gallimore? So just one example there. So, yeah, when we talk about rotational, is that what you're saying? You're talking more rotational guys, not starters necessarily. Not necessarily gotcha. starters. Okay. But and then, I agree with that. Right. But then okay. you also have to look at the long Jordan term. Lewis, people like Jordan that. Lewis, yeah. for example. Jordan yeah. Lewis is an impact starter. Rotational when De'Ron Bland and De- Trevon Diggs and Gilmore were to be on the field but with one of those guys deleted 
he Jordan Lewis became a starter again. Well, they got they got roster spots at this point yeah, because you do. got two cornerbacks they that do. you just mentioned there that right. are free agents. So 100%. So yeah, you got some Gilmore, spots you got another fill. one. Yeah. You would love to believe Gilmore is going to come back, but again, we don't know number one, we don't know who the DC is going to be, so we don't know their view on a guy like Gilmore. Gotcha. So in that capacity, you have to wonder how quickly and what guys or or is that defensive coordinator going to want to retain versus say, you know what? I love what Gilmore did for you last year, but I have a better idea. Get this guy in free agency and or get this particular player yeah, in the draft. I got it. And then those new guys have to come in jail quickly over the course of the OTAs, mini camp, training camp, preseason, and you kind of have to hit the ground running as a defensive coordinator under a head coach who at the at the moment is not under contract beyond next year. So it's all got to happen quickly. Uh, Mike Zimmer being one of the front runner candidates now. We got news that Rex Ryan has been interviewed for the position. Ron Rivera was interviewed on Monday for the position as far as outside candidates. Aiden Dirty spoke about him. He was interviewed on Monday as the only internal candidate. So that's what they're up against. And I have my leanings, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Yeah, we'll get to that in just yeah. a second. Uh, Amber, what were your thoughts when you heard that Quinn was leaving? Um, I mean, not very happy. <laughs> I think a lot of the people that fans that were online and given the way that the game ended against Green Bay and the way that he was coaching the defense. I get a lot of people, the frustration and, and how mad they were and all of that. But you can't forget what he did for the defense. Like He did so much for this Cowboys defense. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I started, what, ten, about 10 years ago? And I've never seen this type of defense. Like, I've never seen the Cowboys defense be what it was during Dan Quinn's small era and time here with the Cowboys so he he's done so much um overall and I think he's such a player's guy like the way that he which I think is very very valuable when you have someone that can relate and be so good with everybody like everyone wants to be on his side type of coach and initially we just all assumed he was going to be gone then it was kind of slowing down, and you're like, okay, well, maybe that means he's going to stay. All right. And then all of a sudden, kidding, going to Washington, out of all places, Washington. Good luck to him, though. But, um, <laughs> Good it, luck to him. Except, except, yeah. Yeah, except um, for a win. <laughs> no, but the, and I know we're going to get uh, into the coaching, uh, the coaches' options and all of that, but it's just. It's a it's a tough change because to me right now I know we want something to happen immediately. We want to see immediate success. Immediate quote unquote because it's been what 30 years whatever. But right now when you make those changes what concerns me is okay, how quickly if you bring in someone from the outside and I know it happened with Dan Quinn, he was pretty impactful. He made a quick impact here oh, with yes. the Cowboys. Took no time. But it is that concern of like okay, how long does it take? for a new person to kind of develop what needs to be developed. For example, Mike McCarthy, him taking over the play calling. We saw some changes, but that took, what, six games or so for things yeah, to start clicking. That, yeah. and So, again, not a full season of him being the full uh, play caller. So it's just that concern of, like, okay, how long is this new change going to take play or you know what I mean well let me challenge you a little bit on that too when you say since the moment he got here he's had a lot of success it's been more success than you saw from any defense that was here in the 10 years you've been here that also coincides with a player that showed up that's a transcendent <laughs> generational player in Michael Parsons how much it's do you think good. that that because by the way I agree with you I actually I tweeted you posed this question I tweeted weeks well, but ago. I tweeted I about Mike Nolan and I was like Let's not forget what this defense was. In one year, it went from what Mike Nolan did in 2020 to what he was, what what Dan was able to do in 2021 and beyond. Like there was a, he made a difference, but he got a transcendent player. And then I start to question. Okay, so if it if it if it was a combination of both, then that's where when I look at these candidates, immediately I say I want the guys that have done it. So I start looking at guys like Zimmer. I start looking at guys like Rivera. I start looking at guys like Rex Ryan. I start looking at guys who have been successful defensive coordinators in the NFL, and I tell them the first thing I ask them when I walk them into the room is, what's your plan for Michael Parsons? Mm. That's the interview. But hold on. Hold That's on. the interview. Aside from Micah Parsons, uh -huh. which I completely agree, it happened simultaneously, and it, it, you cannot take that away. But something that Dan Quinn 
was able to do that I didn't feel like I saw with previous coaches, mm-hmm. defensive coordinators, was his ability to turn um, players that are veteran, that are not necessarily good. Great point, yeah. Bringing through free agency. He was able to take guys like that and make them have or be impactful on the field. Yep. And that's something I don't feel like we've seen in the past, that with him, he and, and I get it, like, it kind of, that, started falling through because of injuries though I mean it, it, you cannot blame him it gets to the point where okay you can only do so much with the backup backup right. like there's only so much you can do but I think that's another element aside from Micah Parsons that he was able to bring those players that are not breaking your bank and your uh, cap money and all of that and turn them into players that can be helpful and, and impactful. Yeah, and I, I think both of you are correct and 100% correct that Mike Nolan didn't have Michael Parsons, nor did he have Trayvon Diggs. Uh, that being said, you have to believe that Dan Quinn was a part of the conversation that helped lead Michael Parsons to Dallas. That helped He lead. made the move that got him right. into exact, the Exactly pass my right? point. So, yeah. uh, and then you add to that the development of, of late-round picks like Deron Bland uh-huh. into you know, building a staff that includes a guy like Al Harris and Joe Witt and bringing that coaching staff in to match with personnel, player personnel that then leads them to become historic talents like Deron Bland was able to do. And then, prior to Dan Quinn, one thing that fans were really up in arms about was the fact that you'd have some of these impact veterans out there, particularly at the safety position, that the Cowboys would not go out and get. Well, guess who came in and got Malik Hooker? That happened in the Dan Quinn era when the focus and the emphasis on the value of safety really took a step forward under Dan Quinn unlike we've seen in recent coordinators. Since the early 2000s. Right, so yeah. that's the type of culture change that you that you lose with Dan Quinn. Not to say you won't gain it in someone that's uh, proven, like a Zimmer or a Ryan, but until we see it, we haven't seen it, so therein lies the concern. So you both are correct, but it's, it's one of those things where you don't know until you know, and we won't know until we know. Well, what we've seen is those guys coordinate really good defenses. Yeah, that's true. We've seen that. And, and that's where, again, I, I, I this is not a knock on Joe Wood Jr., my, the fact of the matter is, though, because he has not had that role, I personally would have been a little hesitant to make him my defensive coordinator because I'd have been like, I think, I think I'm almost there. Like, and and I, I don't, I don't want to say that the wrong way because I know fans are kind of like, oh, here we go again. It, it's not that I think the Cowboys are ready for the Super Bowl. We've all kind of talked that ad nauseum. I do think they have enough talent to be competitive mm-hmm. in the NFL, which means, as I was telling someone yesterday, if you can get to the the playoffs in the NFL, you got a shot, yeah. right? And so I think from that standpoint, the Cowboys have to look at this and say, this is not a rebuild. This is a, can we get the right piece that puts us over that All hump, in, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Can, we, can we get those right pieces? So I don't want to take a step back by hiring a defensive coordinator that maybe doesn't have the experience and then have to go through the growing pains with them. I'd rather take somebody, I can look at their experience, I can see exactly what they did as a defensive coordinator, and I can bring them in to do that. There's also a flip side to that. Mm -hmm. Mike Nolan was a defensive coordinator Mm -hmm. who was very experienced and, and had been very good, good enough to get a head coaching job. And that year in 2020, maybe it was the year, it was a crazy year, we all know that. So maybe that was a part of it, but for whatever reason, it didn't translate to success here. So all those things have to be factored in. But I do like the idea of maybe looking at some of these guys who have been defensive coordinators and successful defensive coordinators in the NFL and figuring out which one has the best plan for Michael Parsons. That, to me, is where this decision needs to be made. And and that's going to be a very interesting um, point of attack for whatever D.C. comes in because, like you said, are you playing him at off-ball more often than not or are you going to drop him down and make him a defensive end more often than not because your decision there is going to largely impact the the ripple effects that come out of that as far as the rest of your defense is concerned. You are getting Trayvon Diggs back, but you're getting him back from a torn ACL. That's going to require some time, um, which then kind of goes to my earlier point about do you keep Jordan Lewis? I would. Doesn't necessarily mean the new D.C. would because they're going to come in with their own ideas for both staff and personnel. For example, if you flip it to the Washington commander side of the equation and how that would impact the Cowboys. We talk about relationships. Dan Quinn, he has a great relationship with Dante Fowler. Atlanta, Dallas. Does Dante Fowler, who's now an unrestricted free agent, barring a deal happening before between now and March, does he follow Dan Quinn? Uh, does J. Ron Curse follow Dan Quinn? Dorrance Armstrong. Does Dorrance yeah. Armstrong follow Dan Quinn? Now, I will say it's, a, it's not entirely unlikely, but a little less likely for Dorrance because Dorrance has such a strong relationship with the organization itself. Yeah, but I'll but say But at the same time, money is money. And, and, and not uh, only that, we, what we know with players is they look for coaches who know how to use them the best. 100%. And Dorrance Armstrong took a Dorrance Armstrong's career took a jump 
when he was working in Dwayne, Quinn. Dan Quinn's defense yeah. as, as, a, as a part-time player, like right. not even as a starter. And so I think from that standpoint, that has to be factored in. I, I assume that will be factored in when he's making a decision. I could see that, and I'll add a little bit to that because it just popped in my head as well. When you look at what Doris Armstrong has going through as far as the number of defensive coordinators that he's had in his time with the Cowboys, do you want to take on another or do you simply want to follow the guy that so to your Facts, point, yeah. 100%. So you just wonder how everything shakes up but Dan Quinn was a culture changer with the Cowboys I get it, recency bias makes fans pissed off at him and, and justifiably so, be, be pissed off at everybody who was involved in that loss against the Packers including Amber. Including <laughs> 100%. Excuse you me? The, you didn't have the shades on You did not you have did the not shades, have shades on. on and you jinxed so, it hey, you know. and you jinxed it ahead of time. Sure. Um, sure. But that being said, there was a reason. 30 years. There was a reason. <laughs> it's <been> my fault. <laughs> there was a reason. No, just 10. And, and, but wait, wait. You are 30. Hey. Wow. Facts. No. <laughs> wait a minute. They're blaming, they're blaming Rowdy, but the math is the math. Wow. Okay. Wow. I'm, I'm joking 100%. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. You, now you're just asking for it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, you're right. I'm not asking for it. Please. There, I, I'll, I'll close with this. There is a reason that the Cowboys held off and allowed Dan Quinn to make his decision because they really were hoping that he would return for all of the good things that yeah. you said, all of the good things that you said. So while things did not end well, fact is Dan Quinn came in, hit the ground running, and you hope that whomever follows him can also hit the ground running, especially because Mike McCarthy does not have a contract beyond 24. It all has to happen right now. All right, let's take our first break. We'll come back. And I want to throw out some of these names, and I want to get you guys to, to give us your opinions on who you think would be the best fit based on the things that you know. We'll do that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from my next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a soldier to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say, give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks girl, better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Back to the break. Enjoy excellent dining, boutique shopping, and exciting events in the Star District in Frisco, featuring dozens of North Texas's best restaurants and shops, plus a calendar full of family-friendly events. There's always something to shop, dine, and do in the Star District. Visit thestardistrict.com for more info. Welcome back. We are in the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. This segment is brought to you by blockchain.com. 
All right, let's talk about the candidates. Um, and these are just our list of candidates. By the way, there may be some people that we talk about that are not on the Cowboys list. There may be, may be people that are on the Cowboys list that we don't talk about. These are just names that I kind of looked at that are out there right now, guys that are available who have been defensive coordinators in the league uh, in some, in most instances. I did throw in Aiden Dirty uh, just because I like Aiden Dirty. But How can I, you not? I, yeah, so I, I think he should be a part of the conversation. But uh, I want to throw these names out there. And, and by the way, if you guys have other names you want to throw into this mix, you can. But here's what I'm going to throw. Here are the names I got, and I want you to tell me which one intrigues you most. You got Mike Zimmer, Ron Rivera, Rex Ryan, Aiden Dirty, Wink Martindale, or whomever else you might want to throw out there. What name th- jumps out at you most? Um, ooh, I do love me some Wink Martindale. Um, Even after say, what he did in New York? I, well, I don't, I don't think things – I think the result that you saw in New York was symptomatic of a, a deeper problem as far as Dable and Wink just did not get along. Do you think that, that also Possibly. shows kind of like – and I don't want to. I don't want to like get you off track. But I just I wonder sometimes if if that's an imbl- imbl- ind- indication of a guy who sometimes is not willing to just abdicate to the head coach because ultimately the head coach is the CEO. Mm-hmm. It's in any group. If if you're not willing to, I tell people all the time, my job for my boss is to make sure he looks good. So right. if he tells me this is the direction we need to go, guess what? I'm going to go in that direction. I'm going to give it the best I got in that direction because ultimately he has to be accountable to the final outcome. Right. I, I, is it, does it show you that maybe Wink Martindale is not that guy, and so you bring him in, you might get what you get. It might be good. It might not fit the overall concept of what you think is best for the team if you're the head coach. I get the feeling that Wink Martindale is unwilling to acquiesce to new head coaches because Wink has been around. He's been with Harbaugh. He's been, he's been to the top of the mountain. He understands, and he has such a long and proven resume that when you have a new head coach like Brian Dable coming in who's fiery and he wants things done his way, which is completely fine. It's your organization. Right. But if you're Wink Martindale, you're basically looking at him in meeting rooms and saying that's not going to work. And I don't believe that what you're saying is going to work, and I know that it's not going to work. Flip it to the Cowboys situation, Mike McCarthy is proven. That's a different level of respect is what I'm saying. I don't think that you'd see many of those types of rifts between Wink Martindale and Mike McCarthy because I believe McCarthy would command a certain respect from Martindale that Dabo or any other new head coach simply would not command from Martindale. But I will also say that, with me, with Martindale jumping off of the page, Zimmer also jumps off of the page for me as well. When you talk about the pre-existing relationship between Zimmer and this organization, and you talk about what he came up from with this organization, defensive assistant, defensive backs coach, defensive coordinator, and then he was a defensive coordinator for multiple head coaches. We were talking about it during the break. He went from a 4-3, or from a yeah, from a 4-3 to running a 3-4 into Bill Parcells and still had the defense doing some great things. Look at some of the players he's coached. Darren Woodson, um, DeMarcus Ware, uh, shouts out to Dat Wynn. Uh, and, and who's my other guy? Who's with that? Come on. It's, it's, ah, who's my other guy? It's escaping me. Safety. Safety. Uh, Hammer? Hamlin? No, no. Ah, it's going to come to me. So anyway, he's coached several not only notable names, but headline names. Um, Mike Zimmer You're has. talking about when he was with Minnesota? No. Oh, okay. in, it's, it's, Darren Woodson? No, it's not Woodson. Yeah, he, it's, it's another one. It's Roy another Williams? One. The safety. That's another one. There's a list. That's a good one. But there's one in particular. It'll come to me when I'm not trying to think about it. See, this is what happens I mean, when I put Did he coach Hamlin? Around. I don't remember if he was here when Hamlin No, Hambrick. Hamlin. No, I'm telling you, I think it was Hambrick that he coached, not Hamlin. Okay, Ham. Well, Hambrick, okay. Yeah. So, nonetheless, he's coached notable headline and some Hall of Fame talent in any variation of the defense. I think Mike Zimmer really, really jumps off and far ahead of Rex Ryan, um, ahead of Ron Rivera, and kind of right up there against Wink Martindale. What jumps off at you, Amber? Um... Well, this is very conflicting in my mind. I have so many thoughts like just go back and forth because, and this is a tough fight. On one hand, I am drawn to Aiden Dirty because gotta love Aiden because he's here. You know, he's been here. He's good at what he he's does. He's good at what yeah. he does. Um, I think the all the players really respect him. Um, he he's been here so he knows so it, there's not a big transition gap you know he can make that transition pretty smoothly Dexter i think Coakley. okay go ahead he was a lot 
Yeah, okay. That's what I was trying to say. Okay. It was Dak and Dexter. When you said Dak, I was thinking Dexter Coker, but you said safety. I was like, that's not. That wouldn't be Okay, Dak and Dexter. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Continue. No, you're good. You're good. He turned Coke. I mean, Coakley had. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. Good years under him, yeah. Anyways, what I was saying is I like that that wouldn't be a big change. It's a smooth transition, and he has the experience. But at the same time, you're switching. That's a big jump from what you were doing to now becoming the defensive coordinator. So that kind of scares me, the newness of it. It scares me, but I like that he's been here. On the other hand... and, and. Another thing, I like that he's young. He's on the younger side. And part of me, I'm more into now the younger coaches. And just, like, there's be, there, there's a big difference between, like, the coaches that are stepping now into those roles versus Ron Rivera, Mike Simmer, right. the older coaches. And that's my problem when it comes to the outside coaches now. They are older but they do have the experience. So now it's like, okay, they could come in and make the bigger impact because if you're trying to make it happen this year, this season, coming up, then it's good to have that experience in there. And right now, as far as the candidates, I'm not a huge fan on, of Ron Rivera. Never really have been. Don't ask me why. I, I'm just not. Especially the last few years, I haven't been impressed with what he's been able to accomplish. Hard to be impressed with what's happening in Washington. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So that doesn't attract me very much right now for well, what way, we're before, trying to do. Before he was doing that, like he took the Carolina Panthers he's to the Super Bowl. He's had success. And so, yeah, he's, it, this he's is a guy had, that's been successful as an NFL But I'm looking at recent years. I, I, I get it. Yeah, I'm, I, get it. I get it. I'm looking at the now and not what it was, yeah. not at the past. So yeah. right now with Mike Zimmer, I think he he's in the top of the list right now for me as well, just because of the experience that he brings into the table. And maybe that's something that can translate into a quick impact this yeah. year. So it's just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to feel and, and because so, experience versus someone that's already here yeah, and could, successful. It, there's, there are pro, pros and cons both ways, but I, what you just said, something stuck out of what you just said, which was you're going by what's happened recently, right? You know who hasn't done anything recently is Rex Ryan. This is one of the problems I have with Rex Ryan. He's been out of the league for the most part since 2016. At least Zimmer has been in the league, albeit in the head coaching capacity. Zimmer was in the NFC Championship against the Eagles in 2017, right? So, you know, half a decade ago, so not long ago. But he was, he's was he been in the league, and he's only recently set out 2022 after departing um, from the Minnesota Vikings. So, again, that goes to my point with Zimmer, is that not only do you have a proven guy who has a pre-existing good relationship with, with the Cowboys organization. This is a guy who can come in and scheme whatever you put in front of him and make them successful. Yes, it's going to be a, it's going to be a culture shock because Dan Quinn's style of coaching, that ain't Mike Zimmer's style of coaching. But this style of coaching might be what you need right now yeah. in Mike Zimmer. So for me, Ron Rivera, I'll, I'll also give Ron Rivera some credit in that when you are, because like you said, it's hard to be successful, as Dan Quinn is about to find out, when you're with the Washington Commanders. Yeah. But what Dan Quinn won't find out is what it means to have to coach under Dan Snyder's ownership. So maybe Dan Quinn has more uh, luck there, maybe not. But I think Rivera, take the Commanders out of the equation for the most part, because that was just uh, – uh, I was going to say, shh, but that was just a horrible situation all around. Look at his success with the Panthers. Look, look at his success as a defensive coordinator prior to the Panthers. There's good to be had there. So for me, it's Zimmer put Wink Martindale right up there against him, Rivera, and then way down here is where you got Rex Ryan. I'm intrigued by Aiden Dirty. But again, prove it season for Mike McCarthy. I don't know that he has time for the learning curve that might come with a brand, a first-time defensive coordinator, even though Dirty is much beloved in this organization. Mm -hmm. Here's what I throw out there, because I think you, hit, you guys both hit on some really interesting points. If you're one of the people, for our listeners out there, if you're one of those people that you believe this defense has a lot of potential, but they just don't have the right mindset. I've heard people talk about their toughness, their mental toughness, uh, maybe the accountability um, then I think this is an easy list to call down. I think your guy immediately just jumps out as Mike Zimmer. And the reason why I say that is because, look, I'm not in any of the meetings uh, the Cowboys have right now with their team, so I, don't, I can't say this as a matter of fact. But my guess is, and at least from seeing and listening to what Mike says, what players say about Mike, 
it seems like he's more of a player's coach style coach. Like he's not the fire and brimstone type coach. He's not going to go into a meeting and basically dog cuss the team when they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. That's not the impression I get of him. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. I don't know. That's not the impression I get. Mike Zimmer, on the other hand, is a oh, fire yeah. and brimstone coach. Oh, yeah. I don't think you'd characterize him as a player's coach. You would characterize him as just a tough coach that is, coach that is all about accountability, right? And and so when you when you look at it from that standpoint, if you think this team could use some of that, and and then you could have the balance of a head coach that's looking out for the players and is concerned about the players. And and by the way, all these things that you should be looking out, their mental health and all those kind of things that are important. But then you also have that other coach over here is like, yeah, that ain't my job. My job is making you do your job, right? And and having that balance, maybe Mike Zimmer is what exactly what this team needs. When you start talking about going all in and finding that piece that gets you over the hump, maybe Mike Zimmer can be that for this team. Here's also the other thing I think about with guys like Rex Ryan and Wink Martindale. I just like how aggressive they are in calling defenses. Like, they are the kind of defensive coordinators they're sending blitzes and they're sending them from everywhere. It's stuff coming from everywhere. And when you have players like Micah Parsons and players like Demarcus Lawrence, and like I, I'll say this even to Mike, Mike, about Mike Zimmer, he loves those AB gap blitzes. Maybe that is what your linebackers need in order to put them over the hump. Like giving that ability for them sometimes to be rushing up the A gap versus dropping in coverage. Maybe that's a, a skill set that a Damone Clark has that could make him go from being a linebacker that's just a guy right now to being a linebacker that really is an impact type player, right? So all I'm saying is I like the aggressiveness. So there's some names on here that, that you can really look at from an aggressive standpoint. I think Rex Ryan and Mark Wink Martindale are probably more on the, the far side of that aggressiveness piece. And then there's also the piece of who's going to give you that toughness and who's going to give you that accountability. And I think Mike Zimmer for me, represents that. I think Mike Zimmer is the sweet spot. I, I really do. When you look at the pros of each, for example, you know, Rex Ryan, he's he's going to be fire and brimstone, just like Mike Zimmer will be fire and brimstone. But Zimmer is more proven more recently um, and all of the other things I said about Mike Zimmer. When you look at Wink Martindale, yes, very aggressive, just like Rex Ryan, and sending blitzes. But you also have to love the fact that Mike Zimmer is the OG of sim blitz. Right. Are they are they coming? Are they dropping back in coverage? Mm -hmm. And the moment you think they're dropping back in coverage, they're coming. The moment you think they're coming, they're dropping back in coverage. A lot of that that you're seeing in some of these young coordinators, they got that exactly from Mike Zimmer. Why not, you know, take advantage of the OG? Why not bring the OG in to get it done? So when you look at a lot of different things, you have pros for Rex Ryan, aggressiveness, uh, both as fire and brimstone, old school ball coach is going to hold accountable. But you're going to get that from Mike Zimmer as well, just like you'd get it from Wink Martindale. I don't think Ron Rivera's fire and brimstone. He's closer to Mike McCarthy as far as temperament is concerned. Um, but then when you look at some of the other things, recency of production, Ryan doesn't have that. Zimmer has that. Um, you don't want to use what the commander's uh, part of the resume on Rivera. Yeah. So I, I just really think Mike Zimmer is the sweet spot when you look at all things considered. There's not a, there's not a perfect candidate that's available right now, but there is one that's better than the rest, and I think that's Mike Zimmer. And I, I like what you said with just having that balance between uh, Mike McCarthy and him, what he can bring of Mike McCarthy being the, the player's coach and him bringing the toughness because I think, like, in most things, to be successful, you need that balance. You need someone to be the bad guy. Mm -hmm. And then you need someone to be the, the cool person. You know, like celebrities. They have Me and you. That's, that's exactly it. Go ahead. Celebrities have their managers <laughs> who are the bad guy. Which one are you in this case? I'm the nice guy. Okay. I'm the guy that everybody loves to be around. You bring so, the hammer. Oh, to wow. Who? According Ooh, to the who? implication. The implication. That's cold. That was Seriously. Cold. I'm just done with one today. No, that was, that, ooh, you are. You are. But uh, wait until another oh, day gosh. that you catch me oh, in a different mood. I don't want to. Let, let me also say one more thing about when it comes to Mike Zimmer. Um, the success, which has been a while ago for Rex Ryan, that success came in what conference? The mm -hmm. AFC. Mike Zimmer's production and success has been more recent and in what conference? The NFC. Same conference that the Cowboys play in. So I say that to say on top of the other pros that Mike Zimmer presents, he knows how to navigate this specific conference. But this but this conference has changed a great deal since even he was a coach. Think about it. The, the number of teams in the NFC that have different coaching staffs now than what they did when he was coaching. Well, he was coaching. head coaching in 21. I, I so, understand that. So there are new think, faces, think about, but it's think not about a how Dal overall. But think about how Dallas has changed. Think about the NFC. Just look at the NFC I'll, East. Let me see what his, look at the NFC see what his record is against the Kyle NFC Shanahan. East, every, every, <laughs> team, every team in the NFC East has a new coach since 2000. 19, I want to say. 
uh, NFC East? Yeah. Since, to, uh, Mike was, Mike is the most tenured. Dable. Isn't Mike the most ten, tenured of those? Sirianni, how long has Sirianni been there? I think Mike's the most mm-hmm. tenured. Yeah. Again, yeah. he's only he's only had four years, and and he's yeah, the most because, tenured. Because Rivera is gone. Right. So so, yeah. so my point is like. I don't know that I, I hear what you, I hear your point. I don't know that it makes a huge difference because I think the NFL turns over so quickly. Yeah, the coaching staffs turn over so quickly, and what a team looks like today from the standpoint of the coaches and the schemes that they run, they change year to year, two every two years, every three years. I mean, even think about the Cowboys; their offense changed last year, even though you had the same coach. The offense changed, so I don't know that that that's one I would look at. But I would say this for for a lot of these guys: if they've stayed in touch with the game during the time that they've been off. They could come back better coaches than they were when they left. Which is what Mike McCarthy did. Right. They can come back better coaches because of the fact that they had a chance to sit and look and think about what is the nature of the current NFL offense. What is the nature of a current NFL defense? Maybe. It just depends on on who it is. Anything's possible. Yeah. Fair. But to his point, it really depends on who it is. And depends on how good they are. Yeah. Top of the show, I said one of my concerns is that how quickly can the new D.C. hit the ground running? I think it would take a while for Rex Ryan to hit the ground running, not because yeah. he lacks ability, but because he's been out of the league since 2016 and he has to get his bearings. Yeah. Mike Zimmer doesn't have to get his bearings. He was only off yeah. from the NFL for one year, but he was still coaching during that yeah. during that time. He was consulting and doing analyst work for Jackson State. But while he was doing that the past five, six, seven, eight years, Rex Ryan was in a broadcast booth, right? So as far as hitting the ground running, if you really want to qualm that concern with me, get a guy who I've seen recently. Well, the problem is the stakes are so high right now that it really needs to... Here's my fear. And and you you have to get past that because uh, you have to hire somebody and you got to (laughs) take... You got to hire somebody. somebody. (laughs) But my fear is like, okay, fast forward... I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be pessimistic because if anything I'm the one who will be out there supporting the Cowboys and thinking this is the year when it's not but we fast them and all. stop I'm not <laughs> quit restricting me <laughs> but my my fear is fast forward we get to a scenario where it doesn't happen but we see things that were good we see things that were successful in the defense and then we get that well it was first year, next year, it should be now this. Mm-hmm. But then you also got to add the element that that might be, or this might be the end, not that great, Mike McCarthy's last year and all that. But it's just, it's it's such a high stake right now and such a big gamble, and it's a big, big decision. And again, we talked about, you know, I think it's been you, Derek, bringing up this whole thing of like, the standard for the star and like where the pressure yeah. of yeah. Re- players receiving this pressure, this amount of pressure. And I think it also applies to coaches Absolutely. as well. And whoever comes in, there's such a big pressure right off the bat that I wonder how quickly can someone even experienced or not experienced or not as experienced, can they well, apply everything or make those changes? I don't here, know. Here's the fact. The fact is, we saw Mike Nolan come in, and it completely went downhill in mm-hmm. one year. We saw Dan come in, and he completely elevated it in one year. So, yeah. yeah, it can go either way. And by the way, both of them were experienced and successfully experienced defensive coordinators in the NFL. And so it, there is no real guarantee with any of them. I personally, again, if I'm looking at this list, I look at this list and I say the safest pick, and in my opinion, the best pick is Mike Zimmer. Because mm-hmm. I think he has all those things we just talked about, the accountability, the toughness. He can be aggressive. He understands the organization. He understands the weight of the star. He's lived it. He lived it for a long time. Yeah. So How he, long was he here for? Oh, gosh, oh we, 13. A long time. Yeah. 13 years. Yeah. He was oh, not, wow. Through multiple 13. head coaches. Campbell, like he was here for multiple Parcells, head coaches. Yeah. Switzer. He started with Switzer. Yeah, he was a Campbell secondary Parcells. coach at one point, and then he got to— I didn't realize he was here that long. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so he just—he gets— this building and this is a unique this is a unique building a unique franchise Mm -hmm. he gets all that and so i think when you look at just everything involved i think the safest and the best pick in my mind for what i know of it would be a mike zimmer we'll find out tomorrow right tomorrow should be the honestly i i will be i will actually be shocked if that happens tomorrow i i if i was putting money on it which we don't bet we can't bet just for (laughs) the record we can't bet on anything sports related anyway if if i were a betting man and i was putting money on it I would actually bet that this decision doesn't come until next week just because it it feels like the Cowboys are doing their due diligence, which I like. 
and and that may require them to take a little more time. They may have a decision already. Like they've they've talked to a lot of guys. They may already know who they want, and and so that may make them say, "We're ready to make a decision." What we know is that they're not going to make the decision Saturday before Super Bowl. No. Yeah. So so we might find out something tomorrow. We might find out something next week. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I just I hope that they're taking their time and they're really thinking through everything. And like I said before, whoever they hire, they better have a hell of a plan for Michael Parsons. Like yeah. a great plan for Michael and Parsons. See, that's where it all starts and ends for me. I'm more comfortable putting Micah in, in the hands of Mike Zimmer, knowing this is a guy who coached Marcus Ware, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you look at the what Mike Zimmer would be inheriting, which would be whoever comes in, they're going to inherit this. Michael Parsons, Trevon Diggs, Deron Bland, Cornerstone guys, Demarcus Lawrence, bring him back because he's headed into a lot of two. talent on this defense, There's so man. much talent. <laughs> it's a lot of I talent. just feel like when you look at it from how Mike Zimmer has run defenses and been successful, I just think that it would be more of an immediate impact as far as uh, versus waiting for someone to get their bearings who've been out of the league for a while and still trying to figure some things out. And again, I say he knows how to navigate the NFC. Yes, there's been some changes, but some of these coaches are still the same. Um, And ultimately, uh, whichever coach can beat the 49ers is the one I want. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're not going to get to Dak Prescott, Fair. Uh, but what we are going to do when we get back, when we get back, <laughs> we're going to pick the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about Super Bowl a little bit, and then next week what we're going to do is we're going to talk about Why Dak. Why can't you ever huh? keep up with like promises or things that you say? Like you never, yeah, like oh, you knew she was coming back. You, why can't you ever you stand by what you say? All episode, she's she's hey, back. Man. I'm just saying, you hey, man, you want to talk about players? Hey, hold on. You want to talk about players being held accountable? Hold yourself accountable, <laughs> Derek. Okay, <laughs> you cannot preach and not uh, do at the same time. Okay, you gotta right, do and fire. be the example before high, preaching. High. Well, next time I'll just <laughs> cut y'all off and won't let you fire. talk as much. How about that? <laughs> All right, we're gonna take our final break. We'll come back. We'll get into the Super Bowl. We'll give you our picks. Uh, we'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Smooth smoke. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code Cowboys VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. to the break. 
Roses are red, violets are blue. Yeah, they are. Dallas Cowboys Pro Shops have the best Valentine's Day gift for you. Head to the nearest pro shop or log on to shop.dallascowboys.com, a fanatic's experience, and fall in love with all new tees, hoodies, and more. Welcome back. Final segment of the break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, and it's time to pick the Super Bowl. I actually want to take this from two different standpoints. I want, uh, I want you first to tell me who you want to win, and then tell me who you think is going to win, because <laughs> those things don't have to be the same. Uh, let's start with you, Patrick. Kansas City versus San Francisco in the Super Bowl. Who do you want to win? Who do you think wins? I want nothing good for San Francisco. <laughs> so I want the Kansas City Chiefs to win. I want Patrick Mahomes to go out there and do to San Francisco what he was able to do to the Eagles. Just kill all my enemies. Thank you, Mr. Mahomes. Um, who I think will win is I also think it will be Patrick Mahomes. I think that, you know, while Brock Purdy has come on strong over these past couple of games, kind of leveled up a bit, Patrick Mahomes has as well. Uh, and a key thing for the Chiefs is that the receivers are not dropping passes. Rice is playing well. Right. Rice yeah. is playing well. But but even uh, Valdez Scantling, he's yeah. coming up with big catches now. And that was really the crux of what was wrong with the Kansas City Chiefs over most of the year was that they led the league in drops. And that's why they lost to the Philadelphia Eagles in Kansas City because of the drop by Valdez Scantling. Um, so now that his receivers, Patrick Mahomes' receivers, are catching the ball, I think Mahomes is going to Mahomes. Andy Reid is in his bag. And quiet as it's kept because they don't get talked about enough, Kansas City Chiefs' defense is one of the best in the league. Ever? Absolutely, 100%. I agree with everything you said. Thank you. Um, I feel the same exact way. I think, one, I do want the Chiefs to win. And then, two, I think they will win. I think with the San Francisco 49ers, we've seen um, moments of they've, – they've been very successful – but they've had moments of weakness mm-hmm. where you can't attack them. And I think the Chiefs just have way more experience in this setting, in this environment. And right now, everything, y'all know, Miss Vibe, all the things that I've seen on social, though, the vibe is just, the Chiefs just have the vibe for yeah. it. And every time I see a 49ers players pop up on screen, they just annoy me. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, the Chiefs have everything to, it's going to be a really, really good game. And I think it's going to be a close one, but I do believe the Chiefs get the win. Let me add this really quickly, Derek. The To Ambar's point, the 49ers barely escaped with their lives against the Green Bay Packers. The Detroit Lions had them dead to rights before choking that game away. Contrarily, Kansas City Chiefs walked into Baltimore against the number one seed, against the front runner for MVP, and clamped. I take the Chiefs in this one. Yeah. Yeah, I I, uh, I also want the Chiefs to win. I think they will not win. Oh. I think here's the interesting part, um, and what I'm keeping an eye on is um, um, Joe Thune, the uh, guard mm, okay. for the uh, for the the Chiefs. The one thing that I've seen that that the well, one antidote to uh, Patrick Mahomes and what he does and what he's done in Super Bowls, but specifically is if you could get a pass rush on him and make it to where he is uncomfortable and get to him. Because, by the way, just having a pass rush doesn't matter. Sometimes he still knows how to get out of it. it. But when you can get to him and you can affect the passing game by getting to him, that's when they haven't had success in the Super Bowl. And I look at that Joe Thune uh, injury as that kind of serious moment because I don't know much about their backup. My my thought would be he ain't as good as Thune. And so if, if if that's the case then you're now going to have pressure that can come. And, and we know San Francisco's front can get after you. Mm. They absolutely can get after you. They can bring those linebackers as well up the middle. Uh, there's lots of ways that they can create pressure on him. And without his starting uh, guard, I think that can be a problem for them. I just I kind of have a feeling that ultimately when it comes down to it, the difference in this game will be San Francisco's defense. I think they will make the plays, and they will ultimately be the reason why San Francisco gets the win. I don't want that to happen, but that's what I think is going to happen. You don't feel that if there if there's any coach in the league that could scheme around an injury, it, it's Andy Reid? Do you... uh, that's nice, but what I saw in the Super Bowl that Patrick Mahomes lost a few mm-hmm. years ago, they got after him, and he just couldn't fear, figure out how to get the ball out sure. before he was under pressure, under duress, and getting hit. So I've seen this. I've seen this movie before. I know how it ends. And so again, I'm not saying that that, that they ha- they can necessarily do it, but I think if you don't, if you're without one of your pieces, that's a, a start to them being able to do that. And so, let's not forget, 
they do have one of the best, if not the best, front four in the league. Agreed. Right. But that same front four was basically mauled in the first half against the Lions on the ground. So this is how you counterbalance that. You try to neutralize some of the pass rush early. You get Isaiah Pacheco, that run game involved, and the Lions have shown you what gaps to hit, how to scheme, and how to pin and pull and, and do what you need to do against the 49ers and get off and get huge runs and take the pass rush out of the game. And then that should free Patrick Holmes up to do what he needs. That's to do. nice. But they're going to win based on Patrick Mahomes' arm, not on Isaiah Oh, no, Isaiah I'm Pacheco. saying as far as helping to neutralize no, I, I get I get what you're saying, but I, I think at the end of the day, they're going to be like, all right, Pacheco, get your four or five. You ain't going to take it to the house. Get your four or five. Yeah, they, we'll do that. We're okay with that. But, but at the end of the day, what we're not going to do is we're not going to let the quarterback sit back there and just dissect us. And so say. that's the part yeah. where if they can make that work, again, that is a tough tall order. Because Mahomes is, a, he is the truth, obviously. He's the yeah, best quarterback in the NFL. Approaching getting in that conversation he's, among he's, the, the oh, best in league he's history. Getting up there. But yeah. that being said, like I've seen this particular situation when they couldn't. Have you protect seen it him. this season? No, no. Well, this season they had issues with the receiver. But but I'm saying in Super Bowls, I've seen situations where they couldn't protect him, and that was ultimately the reason why they didn't win. And I think this is the kind of team that can present some of those similar kind of challenges, especially if he's one man down on his offensive line. I think because the Chiefs have proven that they can run the ball, and you look at the conference uh, championship game wherein the Lions showed that, they, that the 49ers can be run against – I think there's a good opportunity there to neutralize the pass rush. And but that was an aberration, though, right? I, I, like, have they been like that all season? You, not all season, okay. true. But if you if you allow it once, then you will. I, you see what I mean? No, I, I think I think sometimes blueprint there, plus personnel, I, like we always talk. Yes, about. but I do right. think sometimes that's a that's a function also of what was the game plan going in, and maybe the game plan yeah, was we're going to accept these things because we figure this is better than the alternative, right? I, and I'm not saying that's and what it is. I'm just all I'm all I'm saying is. I don't know that I think – I don't look at the San Francisco 49ers and say they're weak against the run. They are not weak against the run. I'm not saying they, they are. They are a good run defense. I'm saying they just recently showed sure. that they Great. can be yep. on any given day, yep. and all it needs to be is this given day. I, and I, I would also it. say if that pass rush gets neutralized and or doesn't get to Patrick Mahomes, Fred Warner's coverage notwithstanding, that secondary is lunch against uh, Patrick Mahomes if – the Chiefs receivers continue to not drop the ball. Yeah. That's that's the big thing. Hey, hey, look, I I think we you can make an argument because you don't get to this point in the season without having a lot of good things that you could do. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that it, as I look at it, the the thing that really would worries me most, especially because I want Kansas City to win, is the fact that if they if they're shorthanded on the offensive line, I think that can make a huge difference. And, and as we all know, with a lot of quarterbacks. The tackle is not the guy that they really worry more about. It's that guard. It's the interior. Because when you start getting that pressure up the middle, and we know they got some beasts. San Francisco got some beasts in the middle of their defense. Yeah. You start getting those guys getting through and getting into Mahomes' face and in his lap, that can change the game. That can change the game, game significantly. So that's the part that worries me. I, I went let's, against let's Mahomes. Let's hope that that doesn't happen, but that's the part that worries One me. One of the rare times I went against Mahomes was in that AFC championship against the Ravens. That just happened. Yeah, I'm not doing it again. Well, I said, I said in that game, I was like, until until somebody shows me they can stop this guy from going to a Super Bowl, I'm gonna stick with him because he he tends to figure out how to get to the Super Bowl most of the time. Patrick with a C, I believe in you. All right, (laughs) all right, guys, we appreciate you guys. We're back next week. We'll talk about the Super Bowl a little bit, and uh, maybe next week we'll get into some Dak talk. We'll see Uh, if these guys don't talk so much. NFL honors. (laughs) NFL honors happens tomorrow night. We got several guys who are uh, who are up for award. Give Durand his award. And the one that I care about the most, the absolute most, Hall of Fame announcements. We're praying our guy Darren Woodson gets in. We'll see how Let that goes. Let him in. We will see how that goes. He deserves to be there. Uh, but we'll see how that goes. Coached hopefully, by Mike Zimmer, by the way. Exactly. That's exactly right. Got some great stories on that, too. If he gets in, we'll bring him on maybe yeah. and talk about some of that. All right. We'll uh, we'll be back next week. Till then, for Patrick Walker, Amber Gar- or Garcia. This is wow. wow. All show. Right oh. till the end, too. Uh, we'll, be, we'll see you guys next week. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!